Hello and welcome to 20 Minute Marketing. I hope you're all having a great day and you enjoyed uh, the previous episode, episode 19. We have a bit of a tongue twister today as we're on episode 20 of the 20 Minute Marketing podcast. As we hit another milestone, it's always a good time to say thanks for listening, whether you've listened to one episode or, or all 20. I appreciate the feedback and if you've got any suggested topics that you might want on the show or anyone who might suit the show or you want to be a guest yourself, then please don't hesitate to get in touch via LinkedIn or a different channel. On today's episode, we're actually recording in Sheffield City Centre in person and we're at a small coffee shop. So there might be a little bit of background noise, but we were excited to get out and about and do something in public for a change um, rather than just record remotely. So I'm going to introduce today's guest straight away. So um, that is James Biggin from Steel City Marketing. I'm really excited for us to get chatted. So Hi James, how are you today? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Liam. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, I'm glad we finally got a chance to sit down and record an episode. I know we've talked about it for, for quite a few months now, so um, I'm glad it's, it's finally happening. And it's in person too, so an extra win. Uh, could you spend one or two minutes introducing yourself and your work for us, please? Yeah, not a problem. So I'm Managing Director of Steel City Marketing. We're a branded merchandise supplier that works UK-wide with our customer base. I'm second generation, owner and MD. Uh, the ba- business has remained in family ownership since it was established in 1980 by my father and his business partner. Uh, we are very customer focused driven, uh, completely driven by our, our service tactics. Um, a little bit more about me, I have a wife called Rachel, two kids which is Rosie who is 15 and Archie who is nearly 12. Um, we've got a little sprocker spaniel called Albie. Um, we're a, quite an active and energetic family. we um, very sporty. We all try and do our own little bits and, and try and do lots of little things. And my, my girl is also a you know, very talented singer as well. So um, bringing all of that into the company makes for a, uh, a fun week, a fun working week <laughs> and a fun family week. It's nice to hear about someone's personal background as well and not just their business background and who they work for and their company and stuff. Um, and hopefully we can sort of see that reflected in your answers and, and um, how the podcast goes. Um, so yeah, bef- uh, before we get started with asking James some questions on branded merch, again, we are in person, there might be a little bit of background noise, but hopefully that'll allow us to bounce off each other and ask some, some questions that are a little bit better than when we're recording remotely. So stay tuned and we'll dive right in in one moment. So I'm really interested to talk about branded merch in a bit more detail for a few different reasons really. First of all, it helps that we can actually visualize things. So as James is talking about different products or how companies have used things, we get to visualize it and and know actually what he is talking about. Whereas on different episodes, I've been talking about software or copywriting tips or or actual um, sort of um, theory-based marketing. And it can be quite challenging as, um, as a listener to sort of um, take that in when there's nothing to visualize or to, to go away and think about. Um, and then I'm also intrigued because I think branded merch from my own experiences, it isn't always placed in sort of the same marketing spectrum or in the same funnel as your traditional channels, such as PPC, email, radio advertising. 
Um, but I've no doubt that it can be equally as effective. So I'm interested to see how it can sort of be used together with those channels to, to help build a brand and create better relationships. So I'll let James um, get started and answer some questions. So I know there's going to be quite a few in this episode. So in a nutshell, James, what, what is branded merch in your opinion and what are some of the ways that businesses can use it? Yeah, well, just, just before we move on, you mentioned about the other channels. And I think it's really interesting to kind of acknowledge that merchandise is one of the tactics that the marketing uh, manager or, or company can use to promote themselves and I think we're very honest about the fact that we are one of those tactics and it's how a company then weights their marketing budget in one way or another various uh, other angles like advertising or events um, but merchandise has a very very important part to play we believe and, and obviously the questions that you'll ask and the answers that I'll give will probably will answer that. Uh, merchandise is a really effective tactic. It, it's getting that key information in front of a company's clients or prospects, those people that they want to deal with as well as the ones that they are dealing with. Uh, that could be just something like brand exposure, so just using the branding on an item to get that awareness and repetition and make sure that your brand is in front of that client. It could also be contact information. So. We champion people essentially making sure there is at least one call to action on their merchandise when they, when they work with us. And that's, uh, that's important because it, it makes sure that when somebody is making that key buying decision, they want to know, you want to know that they, they're considering you for that. And it also could be other aspects of the business. It could be USPs, it could be the product or service information. And that obviously allows you to choose different products to do different things but also making sure that anything that you're really wanting to convey to those clients or prospects is essentially done on branded merchandise as well as everything else so printed collateral uh, events advertising it's a whole combination of your marketing that will come together and we're just one part of that and it's not just about pens and mugs or, or, or sort of office day items is it there's a, a wide range of things that i've seen on your site and um shared across your socials. That's right, um, it, it's almost limitless of what we can source and supply, which is really the exciting part of, of what our business and what our sector does. Pens are obviously the biggest selling category by sector without a doubt, and you, you've mentioned mug, mugs as well, which are a really popular item, especially now that people are using mugs away from the office, so the travel mugs and the, the, uh, the uh, less of the single-use mugs and, and taking things into Costa where they can have refills. Um, essentially, any brand must consider a product that fits with their message uh, and is right for their, the audience that they're targeting. And that's really important to consider. It's, it's not a rushed decision and it shouldn't be a rushed decision. And that's, I think, why we place so much emphasis on being a, more of like a concierge type service for our clients rather than the smash and grab. We want people to spend time considering their ideas and combining them with ours and then making sure that they've, they've chosen a product that fits with their, their message and is right for the audience they're targeting. And a company should always be looking, in my opinion, to make sure that they make their brand stand out at every opportunity and I think mer merchandise can really help with that. Yeah it's funny that sort of we've mentioned like um, a, a few of the different types of uh, products and gifts and things that you can share with with uh, other brands and clients um, and a funny story about our company that we've sort of spoken about at Steel City is that they have a spin to win sort of item where you can send it to um, 
a client or, or another brand or someone you're working closely with and they can use it to spin for maybe the bin or something and we ended up um, using that to determine who gets to pick a tattoo for one of our colleagues um, Adam who ended up going to get a, a 13 pound tattoo on Friday the 13th so it's funny how just something as small as, as, a, as a, essentially a piece of cardboard with a spinner on it with the name Steel City on has had an impact on, on our brand and, and the decisions that have happened inside of our company. Um, so that's just a, a little bit of a cool example. Specifically target that sort of area for now. How can branded merch help businesses sort of create that lasting impact on their clients, maybe like that Spin the Wheel did for us? Well, that, it's really, it's an amazing example you gave because I remember coming in to see John and, and actually didn't expect to be given that example of, of that <laughs> simple direct mailer we used, which had a branded item, it had an idea, it was sent out to make people think how they could use it, and the longevity of how long that was kept to then be used for something as, uh, as funky and, and cool as choosing someone's tattoo is... Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get back to the office and tell the guys, to be honest. But we know promotional items work. If they're well thought out, those items and those products are kept and, and used by that person for a considerable amount of time. Um, not only are they used, but it's also remaining as a con constant reminder. And, and it will be seen when, when people are making buying decisions if it's cleverly placed. Our industry trade body, the, the BPMA, has got some really powerful stats about merchandise that we really champion and I, can, I think they kind of sum up where people are at when they're using merchandise but also receiving it. The first one I'd probably pinpoint is that 83% of people purchase products or services from a company that has provided them with an item of branded merchandise. That's really quite powerful and significant along with the fact that 87% of people have said that they have kept a promotional item for longer than a year. So if you've got your branding or call to action or products or service on that item, they are keeping it for a considerable amount of time. And I would suggest that that would be significantly longer than most printed collateral. Um, and, and a lot of other marketing tactics that people will use will not have that sort of longevity. And the final one is, is about the brand awareness in terms of 96% of people that were questioned think that brand promotional products do increase brand awareness. So those are really quite considerable and powerful messages that really highlight that, for me, that it's a tactic that's probably underutilised. It's a tactic that, that people don't necessarily consider using first and foremost, but actually it, it has some real powerful statistics behind it and some real powerful um, results. Yeah, I was about to sort of, one of my um, notes was to ask you about any statistics of companies using it or success, but I think you've covered that in, in quite detail and those stats really are alarming about just how effective it can be um, and, and another sort of question just to uh, follow on on this sort of client aspect of it is is there a sort of a best time that brands should be sending um, branded merch in regards to say, maybe the sales funnel eg before someone buys or during the onboarding process or after a year or two when they might not be as interested in purchasing anymore or is there a right or wrong i think there isn't really a right or wrong. I think it's, it's about m making sure that if you do try something, you, you're familiar with how it's worked and you, you try and, and, and get as accurate as you can. I think for me, regularity and consistent message is really key because obviously loads of industries have very different habits and therefore within those companies and those industries, you've got people with very different habits. They, 
the, the buying decision and the sales pipeline can can be very different and equally those individuals are, are like a fingerprint. You, you never, ne- you know, never have the same one twice. So you've got to make sure that you're covering off enough bases for yourself to give you the best opportunities. I, I would always advise to try and keep a constant drip feed. So you could be handing out items at events, dropping in to see clients with a, a thank you gift. Uh, Christmas is still a big air, a big time for people to buy something to thank. And obviously, I would always champion something that people can keep rather than something they can quickly consume um, but, but using merchandise within direct mail is also really underutilized at the moment obviously junk mail has really almost gone now yeah. we don't really have the same levels of junk mail we used to so that provide because people are now intrigued about mail when it arrives um, you've got a really good opportunity as a brand to, to create something powerful within a client that uses merchandise combined with direct mail to your best clients or prospects that can really jump out and, and, and make an impact. So I think that it's a great way, it's a great to employ lots of different ways of landing items on your clients and, and me- making sure that the message or messages are being reinforced. And you, you're essentially trying to give your sales team and your, your business the best chance to be remembered and, and making sure that when they need you and your services, they know exactly how to get in touch and what to do. So, so like I said at the start of the, the my answer, I think it's about covering as many bases as you possibly can without overextending your budget too much. And yeah, that's quite a, an in-depth sort of answer in terms of there's no right or wrong of when to send or who to send to or how many, etc. Um, but then moving on to sort of the flip side, it's not, it doesn't have to be just for potential clients, right? No, that's absolutely right. I think we've we covered off in the last question about the fact that your your best clients are the ones that need to be thanked, um, and and or they need to be reminded about you. you know, everyone's trying to chip away at your best clients and trying to pick up business from them. So you've got to make sure that you're showing them the the love, really. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And I would also extend that into the staff and the team as well. And I think brand and merchandise to make someone feel proud of the brand that they're representing. Uh, merchandise can be used for that, whether that's for loyalty, whether that's for new starters, packs. So when people start, they, they immediately get bought into the brand. Um, a thank you for, for hard work uh, and also rewards. So incentives, merchandise can be used just as effectively as an incentive as, as some of the other rewards that companies employ. Yeah, that's quite, quite a an insightful answer because uh, I think myself and probably other people might assume that brand and merch is just send it send it to clients or potential clients keep them happy but when you think you can the competitions or internal stuff or the starter pack something that I really like so um, it gets people on board and, and makes it look like you're caring about them straight away so let's talk about maybe getting started with branded merch for the first time Some, someone's never done it before not really sure what to give or how much to give um, how do you determine what's right in terms of who to target, how many orders to, to place, etc.? So I'd probably say that they've got to ask themselves a few key questions. That would probably be what, what budget do they want to put with it? And, and if, they've, if they've answered that question quite quickly and they know where they're going to go for, it really is about what message they're trying to send out to their clients. Is it brand or is it they're trying to make, them make an impact on, on, a, on a company that actually really hasn't, doesn't have any knowledge of them at all, but they wanted to make a, a break into that particular client base. And then I think what they've got to do is, what we would always advise is slowly 
try not to go too full on with it because what you don't want is a store cupboard full of items that you really regret buying. So my view would be to build things up, minimum quantities are now so low on some items because of print methods that you can actually say, well, let's see what, what smell what sells really. Yeah. So actually use items effectively uh, that are really, really working with clients rather than feeling as though you're, you know, your, your finger's in the wind. And then uh, an interesting sort of question that I'm not sure how you'll answer or if you, if you can even really answer, um, but how do you track the success of branded merch? It's not quite as easy as setting up conversion tracking on a, on a paid advert. It really isn't. And I think that's probably the, uh, the kind of, um, the, the uncertainty of, of what we do. I think there are ways you can do it if you really want to spend the time. I think you could use social methods. So actually using competitions to get people to um, engage with you in exchange for. Uh, you can actually do things like send out pot plants that in, in a tub uh, that's branded that you can actually get people to grow and share. Yeah. So you can actually use merchandise as an opportunity to get clients to engage and share on social media when they've received it or when they're using yeah. it. Yeah, um, great example again with the, with the growing plants. Um, it's quite a good one that no one would really think about unless they were told that it's, it's possible. Um, so before we move on to some of your tactics, I know you're doing some great things on socials um, and other, other channels. Um, let's finish off with a couple of branded merch lighthearted questions. So what is the coolest branded merch idea that you've seen come to life? This is really hard. This is really tricky. I think some of the products that are, are incredible are when they are heavily engineered but not without... Uh, not without difficulty so you can actually do these days you can actually make uh, usbs or uh, power banks or even stress items in actually the shape of your own branding and they're really interesting when that sort of comes together or an actual product should i say so a product that's made in into one of the items out yeah. of pvc and silicon is interesting and then things like um when you've got um a mascot and, and you actually recreate that mascot onto branded merchandise. Those sorts of things are really cool because that means you've got an emotional touch point in my opinion. Yeah. You've immediately recreated something that represents you in a merchandise item. And then uh, another one, if all of your items cost the same, uh, which one would you recommend send, send in to a client, partner, supplier or someone to make a big impact? So I'd probably lean towards drinkware to be honest. I think the, uh, anything that's to do with uh, environment at the moment is having a massive impact on brands and I think they can align themselves with a message like that. So things like the, the water bottles that people are using to keep hydrated but also stop single use plastic and also travel mugs and carry away coffee cups that people can get money off in coffee shops but also stop the uh, landfill of single use cups it is probably where I'd go and then one last question um, what is the biggest myth in your opinion about branded merch I would probably suggest that it relates back to budget and cost and that people think that they can't afford to do it and they can't afford to use merchandise within their marketing tactics they really really can sounds good um, yeah we're just we're just gonna move away from um, branded merch as sort of like a marketing strategy and move towards Steel City's marketing and then their in internal tactics and how they showcase their company and the branded merch products that they have. Um, as a brand, I know that you're really active on social media. I love what you and Jenny and the team have been doing. So I think it'll be valuable content to share. So you have lots of, obviously you have lots of interest in the new products that your team gets to share all the time. Do you sort of find it challenging to keep you persevering in order to not make it feel like you just 
turning into sort of like a brochure of things that you can can do yeah the the, the ones where they are just um brochure led where it's just product 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 to turn everyone off i think so i think what we what we've made sure we do is inject our personality into this we're not short of items that we could show off about so that's very clear with the with the thousands we can get hold of it's just how we do it and i think um it's time and I think if we can put some time into this, it has a massive exponential effect versus just that churn of product, 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 which we will never do. Um, yeah, I suppose you could just post five, 10, 20 products a day nonstop and it just, people would be scrolling endlessly, not really knowing who you are or what, what they're looking for. Absolutely. We're a bit short of time on this end section, so we're just going to sort of fly through these last questions. What sort of posts do you find have the most success for you guys when, you're, when you are on socials? I think what we're finding is the ones that have fun involved and that actually make it a little bit more humorous and, and, and show the personality of the company. They're, they're very clearly the ones that have a massive more effect than, than ones that are kind of plain and, and, and just straightforward. And I think a new channel that I've seen you using recently is TikTok. Um, you've been sharing it across your LinkedIn and your socials. It's been a lot of fun seeing how you've done it and, and what you've been putting on there. So how did that come about and, and what is, do you have a strategy behind it? And if so, so what is it? We're playing a little bit with it because it's obviously come from the kids, just sort of looking over their shoulders and seeing what they're doing. But once I started finding a few more of the videos that you could emulate that are related, that we could actually relate to our products, that was really interesting to try and use. Um, the tool and the, 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 the actual app itself to make some really quick cool videos that, that have had a really good really good feedback on yeah. really really good you've, feedback you've had some great numbers and, and um, of people viewing it and commenting and stuff um, and we've been talking about it too it's just how do you as a, as a software company try and push that to a video on TikTok it's quite challenging for us but we'll get there eventually I'm sure you've got to keep up with the times but yeah I suppose like is, is TikTok working are you spending do you think you're spending a, like a lot of time on it for the short videos or I think we're spending a reasonable amount of time but it's got to kind of have an, an impact and you can't just kind of um, you can't just do it too easily but I think what, what we're seeing is that engagement level is massive yeah. uh, and I think people are commenting on it all the time and face to face as well um, it, it's it's something that I don't think anybody else is doing in our sector very very much yeah so why shouldn't we try yeah it gives you a, a usb straight off the bat um, in your market to compete um so moving away from socials we're going to move on to trade shows um so you exhibit at a lot of trade shows both locally and nationally um, and you get to showcase sort of products that people can visualize so it's, it gives you a, a bit of an advantage mm -hmm. um do you have any tips for businesses with less experience that might be going with just a stand and, and nothing else maybe i'd probably use that opportunity to make sure that your salespeople or the people on the stand are going to be able to drag draw people in to talk to and i think you can use merchandise to do that for example by saying well in exchange for items could they give you a, an, an answer based on a question as to whether they're going to be one of your potential clients that could lead on to something else uh, that you keep on the stand that could be given in exchange for filling out a feedback form. So actually, your merchandise and how you engage with people on the stand can be really effective, can gather a load of intel and a load of data on, on who you wanted to deal with and find out whether you've reached out to the right type of people at those events. Yeah, and it's, all it takes is, is one item that you could use as a competition to collect business cards and Definitely. generate leads. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so yeah, one final question from this main section. What do you enjoy most about um, 
your internal marketing at Steel City as a company? I think with Jenny and myself, we've really got the same um, language and the, exactly the same mindset in terms of our marketing. We make it fun, we make it different, and we try and make sure that the personality of the company, the team, and how we do it just really comes across. And I don't think it's a chore in any way to do any of our marketing. It's just an absolute pleasure. And I think anyone who looks at your company feeds can, can see that you, you're having fun but it's still on brand and professional and it, it doesn't look like you're just there to, to, to mess around in, in a sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're gonna tie off on the main section and move to our graduate advice slash life story sort of um, section in a second. So as always, we're gonna finish off with a final section. It's usually three to four minutes uh, Q&A where I'd ask guests to provide some graduate advice and tips. As we've on episode 20 now, I've got a little bit of feedback and I'm conscious that as the show has grown, more listeners are already established marketers. They may not want to listen to tips on interviews or standing out, for example. Um, so we're gonna change it slightly as we move forward. I'm gonna ask a few lighthearted questions on career progress and success. Um, so no pressure, James, but you'll be the first person to get the brunt of those questions. Um, so yeah, let's let's ask a few quick questions to finish off. So first of all, um, Steel City is a family business and you've taken over at the helm from your dad and his business partner. So what was that experience like starting out and did you feel added pressure to succeed? It was, it was the right time for me at, at a point where I'd, I'd left uni and gone into another sector to try and learn my spurs and try and earn the opportunity to go into the business. I think I always wanted to and always expected to, but I wanted to learn some business experience first. Coming into the, the company, I did feel pressure, of course, because the business had been established for a good amount of time, seen a couple of recessions, worked through those and was, was doing really well. And I think where, where I've probably looked back now is that I wanted to try and at least match what my, my, my dad and his business partner did or improve on it. And I think probably, I'll never give myself any credit really, but I, I think I've probably made it better. And I think that should always be the goal is to try and improve on something that somebody's done previously. Yeah. And then, do you have any interesting stories from when you were, were first starting out um, at all? I think going in, doing something else first is a great, gave me the great learning curve and it, it allowed me then to come into the company and start to learn the ropes properly. But also things like looking, looking at processes and immediately spotting something that looked inefficient and that was inefficient and actually making a really quick change that had quite an in, impact. Um, it's, it's not easy, but, but that, you know, those sorts of wins were, were absolutely fantastic and really gave me the confidence to go forward. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of small wins here and there can make a big difference in the grand scheme. Um, and then one final question. This is going to be quite a, quite a short ending because we've had a, a big middle section. Um, what is one thing that you've learned that um, might help other business owners or marketers, whether they've been in their company 20 years or they're in the first year? I'd probably suggest that I'd lean towards having mentors and doing some peer-to-peer -peer learning. It doesn't have to be a course, it doesn't have to be going into a room and sharing stories, but I think that there is somebody out there or some people out there that can help you mentor, and I don't think people should be too proud to admit that they need help within their own business. They don't know all the answers. Some are accidental MDs, some are very established and very knowledgeable people, but I would probably suggest that they, they should very much look at, uh, at trying to establish some sort of mentoring or at least open up and talk to people because those ideas and sharing can have massive impacts on businesses and it has on me. Yeah, I think that's a good example sort of as you can, we come back to it. Um, 
for someone who's who's been at Steel City for quite a long time, you're learning how to use TikTok from your children. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So they they mentored you how to use a new platform that, like, I, personally, I have no idea how to use TikTok either. So <laughs> it's very easy. Uh, uh, whereas for for someone who's just starting out in their first few years, like myself, I'd be asking someone of twenty years' experience. You know, how do you do this technical thing that I've never done before? So it, it works both ways. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so we're going to finish off right there. Hope you've really enjoyed the episode and, and taken a lot from it. If you want any more information on branded merch, feel free to get in touch with James. I'm sure he'll help you out and answer any questions. Um, I appreciate there might have been a little bit of background noise as we're in the coffee shop, but I hope it wasn't too bad. And thanks for listening. And thank you, James. Thank you very much, Liam.